The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be your host for Born to be Breastfed. We have a wonderful show coming up tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I have with me tonight my special guest, Kim Updegrove, who is the executive director of the Mother's Milk Bank in Austin, Texas. And Kim is also the immediate past president of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. Kim, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, Marie. I'm really looking forward to this show for your sake, for my sake, for the sake of all the listeners, as well as all the babies that I'm hoping that we can help today. I'm really reaching out to all of the mothers out there and would like to ask you, think about your life, your baby, think about the ways in which you would like to give thanks for what you have in your own life and to be able to help others who are less fortunate. I'm thinking, for example, of when you have a driver's license, do you remember a little thing, a little box that you could check that says, would you like to be an organ donor? Maybe you checked yes, maybe you checked no. But what I wish, I wish that there was a thing on there that says, if you're a woman, would you like to be a milk donor? Now, it's a little bit different than donating blood and Kim Updegrove will talk with us about that today, but I would really like to encourage you to realize that this is, for some children, literally the gift of life. And just like blood banks, milk banks depend on donations, and there are tiny little babies that depend on other women, not just their mothers, but other women, to be able to donate milk so that they can survive For some of them, it really is a matter of survival. One of the things that I would like to entice you about today is not to say, okay, everybody's going to sign up to donate milk. That may or may not be realistic. But I am offering the chance to win a gift certificate to Amazon.com for anyone who simply calls the milk bank and expresses interest. So you don't have to actually do it. What I'd like you to do is at least consider it and give a call to Kim and her staff about the possibility of giving literally a life-giving gift to other babies. Now, I know that some of you are listening live today, but I also know that some of you will be downloading this show a few days, weeks uh, from now. And so this offer is good. 
until Thanksgiving. We will put you in, Kim and her people are going to keep track of who calls. You must mention that you heard it on the show, that you heard it on Born to be Breastfed, or you can mention my name. I'm your host, Marie Biancuto. And in either event, what we're going to do is take those names, spin them around in an electronic hat, and there will be a winner. That winner will get a uh, certificate to Amazon.com. So, Kim, I know that milk banks and milk banking are that's sometimes a a term that people don't really know what it means or how to use it. And let me just preface this by saying that Kim has a need here or more precisely, the babies have a need, and she'll tell you about that a little bit later in the show. But Kim, can you just help us with just a starter here, please? Many of us uh, need to understand what that word milk bank means and what humbana means. So could you start us off with that, please? Yes. So a milk bank in the Himbana system is a nonprofit organization that is set up to screen healthy lactating mothers who would like to donate their milk, process that milk, and dispense it. And HIMBANA stands for the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. It's an organization whose mission is to save babies through the provision of safely pasteurized donor human milk and through the support of breastfeeding. And every milk bank in the HIMBANA system has a similar mission. Ours at the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin is to save lives of babies through safely pasteurized donor human milk. But Kim, yours is just one of several milk banks in the United States, yes? That's right. I'm really proud of the fact that we now have 15 nonprofit milk banks in the United States and together they serve every single state. Wow, that is excellent. And just to give our listeners some perspective, the first time that I looked into how many milk banks we had in the country, which was probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, it seems to me like we only had about half of that. So uh, there are there's certainly much more interest in starting and maintaining a milk bank. And Kim, would it be fair then to say that the basic mission of all of the milk banks in the United States is to provide a safe supply of milk for the most vulnerable babies? That's right. So milk is a scarce resource. It's prioritized for those very tiny babies who are typically born preterm, typically under three and a half pounds. So they're in the hospital. Yes, most definitely. Kim, uh, we are broadcasting to more than 100 countries. It might be more than 120 or 130. So the Human Milk Banking Association of North America is obviously North America. But for those people who are outside of North America, is there something that is equivalent to the Humbana? Right. So other continents can brag about their own associations like the European Milk Bank Association that oversees all the European countries' milk banks. And there are many, many of them similar to Himbana. It makes sure that the latest science is followed to make sure that milk is safe for these babies. Okay. I want to pick up on that safe supply issue about how many ounces of milk did the U.S milk banks dispense last year? In 2013, the U.S. milk banks dispensed 3.2 million ounces of milk. Oh, man. It's a lot of milk. That is a lot of milk. 
And so, actually, I misspoke a little bit. I said I wanted to pick up on the supply, and you just talked about the supply that you're able to dispense. But safety is something, because you talked about a safe supply, safety is something that everyone uh, really worries about. We know that HIV and a few other communicable diseases are spread through human milk. So, how does the milk bank prevent the spread of communicable disease through human milk? There are a couple of steps to make sure the milk is safe, and it begins with the screening of a donor mom, and then it proceeds with heat processing or holder pasteurization of the milk to get rid of any viruses or bacteria that are spread in all human fluids but would be dangerous to a baby receiving it. And then once the milk is found to be negative for any of those viruses or bacteria, the milk is dispensed. So, Kim, I am unaware of ever having seen a report where dispensed milk, milk that has been dispensed from the milk bank, ever has HIV. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Milk- so, uh, I'm sorry. So, where does the FDA come into this? The FDA plays a very critical role. So while Himbana regulates the milk banks, so does the FDA. The FDA says that we must follow their good manufacturing practices for food and beverages. Okay. So let's look at it again. You said that you had, I just wrote this down, 3.2 million ounces. That kind of blows my mind. Can you talk about that in terms of how many hospitals or how many states or or what and by the way excuse me was that just the the 3.2 million ounces that was throughout the U.S. not just the milk bank where you are stationed that's correct so 3.2 million ounces were dispensed by all of the milk banks last year and that milk went to hospitals in every single state in this country and took care of babies who are typically three and a half pounds or smaller. So small babies don't need many ounces at one time. They typically take about a third of an ounce at one time. So 3.2 million ounces of milk dispensed is a little over 9 million meals for those babies. Could you say that again? That just blew my mind. (laughs) It is kind of mind-boggling. So there are a lot of these babies. One in eight babies is born preterm. And if our role is to feed them, then that's a big need. So 3.2 million ounces of milk dispensed actually creates a little more than 9 million ounces or 9 million meals Meals. for preterm babies. Right. So I don't think anyone could boast that they've made dinner for 9 million people. (laughs) But the milk banks did that last year. That is just amazing. So can you tell us then, how does the milk bank differ from what I guess I would call shared milk or community milk? that is is given to babies. Right, so informally shared milk or milk that's shared from one mother to another baby, not biologically related, has happened for thousands of years. But that process does not include any screening of the mothers or any heat processing of the milk to make it safe. That's a sharing of a body fluid to another person. For milk banks, we must have those safety mechanisms in place to make sure that we can protect the health of these tiny babies. 
Now, for those of listeners who might not have listened to it, about a month or two ago, I asked Emma Kwasnika to come on the show, and she talked about shared milk or community milk. And I would encourage mothers to listen to that show as well, because that is really coming from a different perspective. I'd also just like to clarify, and Kim, stop me if I'm wrong, but it is my understanding that you provide milk exclusively or almost exclusively for preterm infants. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. And not so with community milk. So if there are parents who are looking for milk for a baby that is uh, a well, healthy baby, but for, for example, the baby's been adopted or some such thing like that, and the, mil- the mother cannot provide milk, is unable or whatever, then it sounds like she would be wanting to look for milk that is community milk, but you would be unable to dispense that, not because you are disagreeing with it, but rather just that you just plain don't have enough milk to meet the needs of the preterm babies that are currently asking for it. Would that be correct? That's right, Marie. So just like with the kidney industry, human milk is a scarce resource and therefore it requires some gatekeeping and that gatekeeping prioritizes those babies whose lives are saved through the human milk, not just for whom it would be best. We all acknowledge that human milk is best for human babies and we Absolutely. wish that we had enough for everybody. Yes. And I would also say, Kim, you know, when I was growing up as sort of a, a young nurse that didn't know much about breastfeeding, we talked about a number of other uses for human milk, including for uh, adult diseases. And it sounds to me like you would still stick by the fact that that's a great idea. You just plain can't uh, meet the need for that because the priority is really for these very, very preterm babies. And I'm not talking a few weeks preterm. I'm talking very, very preterm. That's right. So if we had enough milk to feed every baby that was small enough to fit in my hand, then it would be worth looking at these older infants, even adults with various illnesses for whom human milk might benefit. But we just simply don't have enough. That has been so enlightening, Kim. Thank you so much. Uh, For those of you who might be wondering, when we come back, we're going to talk about understanding the requirements and some of the motivations for donor uh, mothers. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. 
Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Kim Updegrove, who is the executive director of the Mother's Milk Bank in Austin, Texas. Kim is also the immediate past president of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America, commonly known as Humbana. Now, a couple of things here. First of all, for those of you who actually are pumping, although probably for your own babies at this point, make sure that you visit one of our sponsors, Pump and Pal, you can find them at P-U-M-P-I-N-P-A-L.com. And if you are looking for wonderful products from an all-woman-based organization, visit our sponsor at NewAngel.com. That's N-U-A-N-G-E-L.com. And there you will find wonderful cotton products, pillows, diapers, burp cloths, you name it, she's got it. It is a great place. And for those of you who are interested in getting a gift certificate to Amazon.com, we will enroll you in a random drawing. We'll pick the winner at, uh, at random. All you need to do is, after this show, call Kim at the Milk Bank, And if you mentioned that you heard about this from Born to be Breastfed, or if you mentioned my name, I'm your host, Marie Biancuso, we'll enter you into that drawing. Now, remember that the Human Milk Banking Association and all of the 15 milk banks here in the United States are totally nonprofit. What we're really trying to do is get milk for these little tiny babies for whom this is often the gift of life. 
So we're not necessarily advertising or asking for your money. We're asking for giving the gift of life, much as you would perhaps want to give blood or donate an organ after your demise. It's the same thing in the, in the sense that you are giving part of yourself in order to promote life for a baby. Kim, I, I took down a ton of notes here, but I did not take down. What's that phone number that they need to call you at? Toll-free, Marie, people can call 877-813-6455. I will repeat that. It's 877-813-6455. That is toll-free. So, Kim, talk to us then, because by now I'm hoping we've interested some women in this possibility. So tell us a little bit about who the donors are who give milk to the milk bank. There were 649 milk donors last year, and they all met the same criteria. They were healthy breastfeeding mothers or healthy lactating mothers who had extra milk. Hmm. And for most of the women who donate, what would you say is their primary motivation? Their motivation is quite clearly a compassion for helping this population of tiny, tiny babies. There are some secondary motivations like cleaning out the freezer, not realizing (laughs) how much milk you have and wanting to get some ice cream instead. Uh But, you know, these women are thinking about these tiny babies and wanting to express their superpower because they only get to do it for one year after giving birth and they are unique in their ability to do it. I can't do it. I uh, haven't met you, but I think that you can't do it. Um, it's only in that one year after birth. Yeah, I'm a little old for that right now, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it sounds to me like you're saying that pretty much any normal, healthy woman who is lactating during the first year after she has given birth is a, sort of the typical donor. But what about people that that might be maybe not so typical or have different kinds of circumstances? Do you have any of those? We do, actually. So there are two populations who donate to a milk bank who are a little unusual. One of them are our surrogate mothers. So mothers who who give birth to another person's child, and when they turn that baby over to the biological parents, the parents don't always want the breast milk that is sure to come in. And that surrogate can go through the screening process and donate her milk to help others. And then there's a second population, and it's a very sad situation, but women who lose their babies, either they give birth to a stillborn baby or they give birth to a baby who lives for some time in the hospital, in a neonatal intensive care unit, for instance, and they're pumping away and saving milk for that baby, but that baby um, does not survive. Then their milk is uh, surplus, and they're lactating. So they continue to pump their milk and express it safely, and they donate it to the milk bank in honor of that child who did not survive. Yes. I would also, as a nurse, I I just have to put in here that a lot of times mothers will feel like that is a healing experience for them. That it, it is, they feel like they are doing something for another child, even if they weren't able to do it for their own child. 
Yes, and I'd have to say that that 100% of the time I find this, that that it is somehow helping the grieving process yes. to give in honor of the child that you're no longer holding, but to be able to give milk to save another person's child and, and picture that child and picture that family together because of you. That's a true gift of life. Yes, yes. I, I can sort of feel the tears pricking at the back of my eyes as you're talking because I've seen those situations sometimes where the mother kind of doesn't know if she even wants to start pumping because she's so afraid that that baby might not live. And I usually like to try to encourage mothers to go ahead and do it because I, I would rather kind of see them err on that side than on the side of, oh, I wish I would have pumped because now the baby is going to survive and I don't have milk. And then you, certainly you can, that, that might be a situation that is still salvageable, but it's a whole lot easier if they just start pumping in the beginning. And I think that understanding that donating is one of the possibilities also sometimes helps people. I have to tell you too that uh, Selena, who works in my office, said, oh, yes, she had this friend who had a ton of milk. It sounds like your first scenario where you're trying to clean out the freezer. And so I think that women just need to be aware that don't dump it down. Please don't dump it down the sink. Call Kim and her staff. So, Kim, here's the thing. It sounds to me like the need is huge. So... Tell us a little bit about this, because people are often moved with compassion to donate their money, their blood, their clothing, their whatever, but a lot of times we feel motivated to donate when we better understand the need. So tell us about the need here, and and are you able to meet that need? On an annual basis. There are 60,000 infants, that's six with four zeros, infants who are so small they fit in my hand. Those are the very low birth weight infants who need human milk in order to survive. And about 50% of their milk needs are met by their biological mothers. The other 50% has to come from donor human milk, and that's an estimated need of 9 million ounces. Oh, man. So while we just celebrated the fact that all of the nonprofit milk banks dispensed 3.2 million ounces last year, that's a third of the need. So there is a huge unmet need for these babies. Yeah, and I want to be real clear. When I tell people that Kim has goals that she's trying to meet, these are not goals that she just picks out of the air somewhere. The the goals for finding this milk is really about, as she said, it is not about what's best or what's nice or what's happy. It's about survival for these really tiny micro preemie kids. And I loved your your thought about uh, how many meals that was. So Kim, we've only got a few minutes, but just start us out with the criteria for donors or donations. What is the criteria for donating to a Humbana milk bank? Similar to when you're donating blood, you'll be interviewed looking at your lifestyle and medical histories to make sure that you don't have risk factors for carrying certain diseases or for acquiring certain viruses. You then get some blood work done at the expense of the milk bank, we'll test you for HIV, HTLV, syphilis, and hepatitis B and C. 
and your physicians who provided your prenatal care and your baby's care, if you have a baby, will also sign uh, paperwork explaining that you have no medical risk factors for sharing a body fluid. And then you get to donate your milk. And then we start the process of making it safe enough, but you at least get to donate at that time. So, Kim, help me with this a little bit here, because what about the woman who had her prenatal testing done and now she's, I don't know, six weeks or eight weeks or eight months postpartum? It was, was that blood work, does that count? I guess that's my question. It certainly counts. Everything in your history counts. So your obstetrician or nurse midwife provides that information to the milk bank. But then we get new. Yes. So then we get new blood work so that we have two data points because time has elapsed. A lot can happen between your first trimester and now when you want to donate your milk. Okay. Wow. Well, that is definitely clearer. Hey, everybody, don't go away because we're going to be right back with Kim Updegrove from the Mother's Milk Bank in Austin, Texas. I'm Marie Biancuzzo, your host for Born to be Breastfed. Do not go away. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about donors as related to the Donor Milk Bank. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. 
evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And tonight I have with me uh, Kim up to Grove from the Milk Bank. Uh, Kim, before we talked, uh, before we went to break, we talked about the criteria for donating milk to a milk bank, and it sounded pretty simple to me. I guess my question would be then, why might a donor who wants to donate, why might she be turned away? The number one reason to be turned away as a donor is for medication use, and the number two reason is herb use. While there are medications and herbs that are perfectly safe for you and your baby while you're breastfeeding, our babies are very different in their size and in the medications they're already on because they are so very sick. So medications that might be okay for you, like prescribed antibiotics or even over-the-counter cold medications, will be dangerous for our babies. It's important for donors to disclose what they are taking, and then we help them to figure out what the deferral period might be, whether it's permanent or just temporary. It just might be two weeks while you're on antibiotics, for instance. Okay, so one of the questions that I get is, but my doctor said it's okay for my baby. So succinctly then the answer is it's okay for your baby, but this is not your baby? That's right. So the okay. what the doctor is saying is that the medication will be transferred via the breast milk, but it's an okay dose and an okay type of medication for your healthy full-term baby. But for my little two-pounder who might be on three antibiotics already, your antibiotic might tip them over. Yes. Okay. So, Kim, here's the other thing, is that people often think that the herbals are okay, and you're saying no. Right. So that's an interesting situation. Herbal products are not regulated. And so we never know when someone says they're taking fenugreek, whether they're getting five milligrams or 50 milligrams. What we do know about fenugreek, which is the number one herb for breastfeeding moms to take, is that it lowers blood sugar. And our tiny babies have very unstable blood sugar levels. So fenugreek is out of the question. And that means fenugreek in the capsule form, as well as in the mother's milk teas that provide fenugreek to the mums. Thank you for that clarification because I get that quite a lot. And I think the other thing that I want to bring out there is we talked with Amelia Boomker, and I'm pretty sure that you came on that show as well. And I just want to point out that people sometimes think they can't make enough milk unless they have these herbals. And here was Amelia, who at the time held the world record for the amount of ounces donated to a human milk bank. And clearly, you can't be on the fenugreek in order to donate. But Amelia, as well as 648 other women this year, were able to produce enough milk not only for their own child, but also for the milk bank. So I would just like to encourage people to realize that you don't have to have the, the herbal in order to make enough milk. 
So uh, just one more question, please, about the business with the, the medications. Uh, I guess my question is, there's been a recent change. It used to be that even if you were on Motrin or Tylenol, you could not donate. But that has been recently changed. Is that correct? That's right. So Himbana formed a nationwide committee of experts in the pharmaceutical world, and they studied what transfers via breast milk and what could be harmful to a tiny preterm baby. And we found out that while many things transfer, not all of them are harmful. So Tylenol and Motrin and progesterone only birth control methods like the injection or the IUD or the mini pill are all fine for these babies. No worries. Okay. Very good. All right. Here's another one that I get very frequently, Kim, which is, oh, I don't think I can donate to the milk bank because there's no milk bank in my state. Yes, and that's an interesting question, actually. I hear that also. So the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin is serving 115 hospitals in 20 states. And if we're serving hospitals in those states, that means that we also inform women in those states that they can donate their milk. We send coolers and FedEx paperwork and women ship their milk to us at our expense so that we can get it processed and back out to those babies who need it. You can donate milk from any state in the United States. Okay. Is it true, Kim, that some in some cities, if you are near the milk bank, do some of them do pickups? I know they used to. They do, actually. So if you live in Austin or in the around the Austin area and you can't bring your milk to the Austin Milk Bank, I have volunteers and a courier who could come and pick up your milk. And there are women who have those circumstances where they can't get out. We also have collection sites in various cities where there are lots of okay. breastfeeding moms. And so women can drop off their milk locally in cities like Houston and San Antonio. And then our courier goes there to pick them up. So, Kim, let me understand this then. If I'm too old to lactate, which I assure you I am, I could still volunteer by being a courier to pick up somebody else's milk, yes? You could. And actually, Marie, there are so many things that you can do just vast, spreading the word about the updated. importance of donor human milk for these babies is mm-hmm. saving their lives. And all of us have the power of communication, whether it just be one-on-one or whether it be using our social media sites. Uh-huh. Well, Lord knows, social media is big these days. Um, so tell us about uh, the the typical donor situations. It's great if you have somebody like Amelia Boomker, whom we talked with on a previous show. And I, I, rem- I distinctly remember her saying that she got as much as 10 ounces in one pumping. But honestly, that's that's kind of a lot. So typically, first of all, tell us what you require for the woman to commit to and what, like, how does it work? Help us with that a little bit. So we ask moms who call and want to be donors to commit to giving 100 ounces of milk, and that's to offset the cost of screening them. Most moms are able to do that because if they're pumping Breast milk is unique. It comes in on a demand supply basis. So the more they pump, the more they can make. And if they're pumping even just two or four extra ounces per day, imagine two ounces per day over the course of a month. That's 60 ounces or better yet, that's 180 meals. So most moms will commit to that 100 ounces 
And then they'll go on and on average here, they give about 400 ounces. But we have quite a range. All right. So then if I'm a lactating mother and if I want to commit to those 100 ounces that you require in order for me to be a donor, then how many extra ounces is that of milk per day and how many days is it going to take me? That depends on your supply. So there are women like Amelia who make 10 ounces with every pumping, and so it would only take her 10 days. But a lot (laughs) of women on average will really only pump in excess of what their baby needs about four extra ounces per day. So it'll take 25 days. And you might take a weekend day off, and so it might take a full month. But a month to save babies' lives. What a great See, that's what I'm just thinking. If somebody asked me to do something for a month in order to save a life, look at the things that we do for a month. I mean, you know, I'm usually trying to think, how can I go to the Y for three times a week? But <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, once you make the, well, I'll ask you, once women make the commitment, do they usually exceed what they promise to do? They do, actually, and that's a really interesting uh-huh. thing. I yeah. I am quite surprised that women kind of undersell themselves frequently, yeah. and they express concern about making the 100 ounces, but they commit to it, and most often they, they then end up donating four times as much. It is amazing to me how compassionate women are. Once they sure. get rolling, they really, really want to help these babies. Yes, so what's the average number of ounces that a mother donates? She's An average, at least 100. Right. And so on average, our donors give us 400 ounces each. But we oh, have wow. a range from anywhere from that 100 ounces all the way up to about 10,000 for an individual donor. It's really kind of astounding. We have one exception, though. Um, So we talked briefly about bereaved donors, these moms who lose their child. We have Uh no minimum expectation for these moms. So even if they have 20 ounces and even if they are on medications that don't allow us to feed their milk to babies, we'll use it indirectly to help these babies by conducting research or calibrating our equipment. Every ounce of milk matters. I didn't know that, Kim. I didn't realize that you could still use it uh, for these sort of non, non-clinical kinds of things. We can. So we study what's uh, in the milk all the time before and after pasteurization. So milk that I can't use to give directly to a baby, I might decide to study how much zinc is in it, for instance. Right. And so I'll use milk. I can't, can't feed the baby can't use otherwise. Wow, this is just so incredibly fascinating. I hope that everybody who is listening understands that Kim is able to provide, Kim, about a third, would you say you can provide about a third of the milk that is actually requested of you? Yes, that's right. About a third. So we are asking everyone, please, to really consider becoming a a donor. Kim can be reached at 1-877-813- 6455. I will repeat that toll-free number. You don't have to donate just because you call, but call Kim, ask about whether or not you might be interested in doing it. The toll-free number is 877 
813-643-8136455. And if you just call Kim, tell her that you heard it on the show. You can use the show's name. You can use my name. And Kim will write down your name in a notebook. And we will have a random drawing to determine who gets the Amazon.com uh, gift card. So don't miss this opportunity to maybe have a little goodie for yourself and definitely help a baby for whom this is literally the gift of life. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I will be back at the uh, on the other side of this break with Kim Updegrove. We will talk a little bit about um, some of the take-home messages from this show. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And I'm here today with Kim Updegrove, who is the executive director for the Milk Bank in Austin, Texas. Austin is one of 15 human milk banks in the United States, and there are many, many others throughout the world. Kim is also the uh, immediate past president of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. Kim, uh, I just want to repeat here for those who might be interested or even just remotely like having it flash by their mind that they might want to give that gift of life to a baby, your number is 877-813-6455. Kim, before we get too far, will you make sure, please, that you tell us what's your website, what's your Facebook page, how do people just kind of, like if if it were me, I probably wouldn't call you up right away and say, oh, I want to donate. I would probably want to say, I think I want to scope this out a little bit more. So where can people scope this out? Good. So please scope us out. You can find (laughs) us at www.milkbank.org. That's a website meant to be filled with resources for moms, for healthcare providers, for people who want to help in some way other than milk as well. And right on that webpage is the tiny little Facebook icon. Click on the Facebook and you'll join more than 3,000 other uh, participants who like to read our daily stories and who like to post about their own experiences or their own passion for babies. That's like so great because we all want to hear those really good, warm, yummy stories that make us feel good inside. And um, Kim, help me with this. I know very often people talk to me about uh, how much breast milk costs when you get it through the milk bank. Well, that's not really true. It's, well, you tell them. You're, you're the expert on this. Well, so what milk is it is, they're paying for? Milk is donated to the milk bank, right? So the mothers yes. are not paid. It's given compassionately. We then take that milk and we make it safe for the babies. And making it safe actually costs us a lot. So hospitals, when they order milk, are charged a processing fee. And the processing fee covers the screening of the mum, the heat processing of the milk, and the testing of the milk to verify its safety, and the dispensing of the milk as well. Hospitals pay that so that the babies can survive. So indeed, it is a processing fee. It is not the fee for the, the product itself, the milk itself. That's correct. And that processing fee covers the operating costs of the milk bank so that we can continue making safe milk and getting it dispensed and uh, and not charge above and beyond that. How much is it per ounce these days, Kim? It's $4.50 per ounce. Okay. And uh, you mentioned a minute ago about ways that people can help. So even if a mother is not willing to or not able to donate her milk, how else can she help the milk bank? Women and men and children can help the milk bank by volunteering to spread the word about the importance of human milk and the importance of taking care of babies. We included that, the messages about the importance of breastfeeding, of course. All of those groups can come into the milk bank if they're nearby, and they can do various things like um, 
put together outreach materials and talk to people on our Facebook and get the messaging out that way. They can also, if they're driving, they can pick up milk from our collection sites and bring that milk to the milk bank for processing. So there are lots and lots of ways for people to help. The final way is that we have a charitable care program. We have this amazing program that allows me to dispense milk to babies with a medical need regardless of their insurance coverage. So for babies who don't have insurance, we don't want to charge them the processing fees. We have a charitable care program that's purely funded by individual and corporate giving, and that allows me to dispense the milk to those babies without worry about their insurance. So if I'm independently wealthy, I can give you a check and you will be happy for it. Yes, you will be saving lives the same way that people are saving lives via their milk. You will just be providing it differently. All right. I have a really selfish question for you because I'm going to be about two hours from Austin this November or so when I teach my comprehensive lactation course. I want to know, uh, whether it's me or somebody else, do you ever offer tours of the milk bank? We do, actually. So (laughs) we provide tours to everyone. We have milk and cookie tours for moms and dads and their children. And then we have more professional tours for people in the healthcare professions who would like to know a little more about the science behind how milk is made safe for these babies. I have to tell you, the first time I walked in a milk bank, my jaw just about fell to the floor. I was just astonished at things like these gigantic, gigantic freezers, but also just ordinary things like a shipping table. Here at Breastfeeding Outlook, we have a shipping table in the back. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, and then they got to do the ordinary stuff other than this really superhuman uh, <laughs> that they they're still got to ship it, you know? And so I just thought it was really, really cool. Kim, uh, in the few minutes that we have left, what are the, for those people that might be just joining us and didn't hear the first part, what are maybe just two or three things that you would want people to walk away with from this show and remember? I really want everyone to realize that every healthy lactating woman can be a lifesaver. She should call to be evaluated to see if she can give her milk in order to save a life. The screening process is very, very simple and the demand is very, very high for these tiny babies. And lastly, you can help even if you're not a mom, even if you don't have any milk. There are so many other ways we just talked about to help and just spreading the word would be ideal. Get on our Facebook and post and share and help us to inform the world about the importance of milk for these babies. So, Kim, let me uh, kind of pull that together. It was, first of all, that every mother can be a lifesaver. Secondly, that the demand for this milk exceeds the current supply. And thirdly, that there are many ways to help, not just actually donating the milk, but many other ways as well. Did I kind of get that? Yes, precisely. Okay, I, I was listening and taking notes. I, I would just like to thank Kim Uptegrove for being a most wonderful guest today. Today, all we've done is talk about the situation from the donation uh, perspective. Kim will be with us again next week when we talk about the, the milk human milk banking from the perspective of the recipient. So I'd like to thank Kim Updegrove for being with us today. Make sure that you are with us 
next week when we're going to talk about the recipient aspect. But that's all the time we have. This show always goes way, 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 way too fast. I'd like to thank Kim for being our guest today. I'd like to also thank our sponsors today, which are Pump and Pal and also New Angel. I'd like to thank all of you for being here, and I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. Please visit my website. If you're a parent, you probably want to be at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up next week and in the next couple of weeks, actually. And if you're a professional, you probably want to go to my professional site, which is breastfeedingoutlook.com. Remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Again, that website is borntobebreastfed.com for the radio show. If you have questions for Kim, please send us an email and we will take care of them that way. And if you are a professional, you probably want to be at uh, my other site, which is breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.